thing got started in the first place, let's be honest. Okay. Oh, are we recording? Of course. Can we talk about our scrubs today? <gasps> yes! We like didn't even plan it, but we're both wearing. We are in color coordinated. <laughs> coordinate, coordinated? There Definitely we go. Definitely coordinated, yeah. Uh, Fancy Fig Tuesday is what I'm going to call it. Fancy Fig Tuesday. But yeah. the coolest part is the jackets. My and jacket coordinates with your whole ensemble. Yeah. I don't know. It's amazing because I haven't worn, I have the black and I haven't worn this color in a long well, time. It's very seasonal. Yeah, I guess we were both feeling the cranberry. Feels festive. <laughs> I like it. Love some figs. Um, This is my first pair of figs. And you know. We're not sponsored by them yet, so yes. this is just all because we're sharing the love to our other doctor and professional medical worker friends. I'm enjoying them. I really like them. I, mine were motivated by you when you were like, you know, I see you in some like black joggers. Mm, yeah. You like set the whole scene. I was like, I'm going to buy it right now because you made it sound so good. And it and fixed had exactly they what you're talking exactly about. They have exactly what you want. They fit good. They have a lot of different cuts. They have like petite and they mm-hmm. have tall. Tall, yes. Do you have to get tall? I have to get tall. Yeah. And um, they seem to be a little bit warmer and I've washed them a few times already and they're holding up well yeah but you know when you buy your fancy new scrubs you got to get fancy new shoes oh let's talk about the shoes right you know they called these booties online and i interpreted them more as like a tennis shoe like a sneaker like a hat yeah well here was my my mental mojo so i'm getting my fancy new jogger scrubs and i thought i need to wear a tennis shoe but I'm an OBGYN, which means I deliver babies, which means there are body fluids constantly yes. swimming around and swirling in my lane and on my shoes. You you always leave your shoes not only at the door, but outside the door right. when you come over to my house, which tells me you know there's some stuff on the right. shoes. Right. These are too new to be scared about them. <laughs> However, these are Rothy's. Mm. And they are, one, made from recycled water bottles, which makes me feel like a good person. Oh, should. Um, and two, very washable. So cool. I can wash them and let them air dry, and then I don't have to worry about the fluids. Life fluids. <laughs> and very cool, I might add. Oh, thanks. I, I want them. And I've never really wanted Rothy's. And also strong patterns are good for disguising Fluids. Fluids. <laughs> so anyway, so okay. dual purpose. I'm yeah. feeling really good. And I'm super excited about this next episode with Dr. Meg Cherry with Renewed Dermatology. If you liked the last ones about creams, creams um, then you just need to hold on. Hold on to your creams, girls, because this, this is meaty. Yes. And really, truly, you've got an expert willing to give you her knowledge and passions on, we're going to talk about Botox, ladies. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about fillers, lasers, hair loss. So we're just going to be diving into some really fun um, topics. But this brought me to a patient that I saw not long ago. And she said to me, we were talking about all these fun things, like things going on in her personal life and all this fun stuff that she's doing. She had on Invisalign trays, let me just say. (sighs) Mm -hmm. And um, she said, Dr. Winston, and we were talking about plastic surgeons because she's got something she wanted to have done. And she said, Dr. Winston, do I need a lower facelift? Hmm. And I looked at her and I said, no one needs a lower facelift. No. I said, Honey, sagging 
turkey neck and wrinkles are a problem of privilege. True. And if you feel self-conscious or want to have these things, you don't have to need it. Keep it light. And if it makes you feel better and more lively and more you, then go for it. But if you're somebody who's doing something because you really feel like you need it or you feel like something's missing, well, then you're barking down the wrong tree. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I agree totally. These things are fun and these things are can make us feel better about ourselves. And some of them actually can can make a true difference. There are Absolutely. Some, some issues that like need to be fixed and then there's a cosmetic you know, side effect or advantage, but no, we don't know. You don't need. No. <laughs> we want, and we want lots yeah. of things like fancy figs, cute yes. rothies. Yes. And some needles in our face. Sure. And no a laser every once in a while. And, and some, and some Botox and botulinum toxin. <laughs> Injected directly oh, under the why surface. Why not? And some fillers and all the things. Category. No, this is like a Barbie Dreamhouse episode. <laughs> Guys, enjoy. <laughs> what do a dentist and a gynecologist have in common? Beyond Our Lips, a podcast where best friends and practicing doctor moms use their gift of gab and professional passions to entertain, educate, and inspire. Then when we talk about more wrinkle reduction, what's our next step in that? So now we're going from creams and non-invasive to like more invasive steps. Where do we go from here? So it depends on what the wrinkle is from. So most of our early wrinkles are from movement. So the forehead lines, the between the eyebrow lines, the 11s or the 1s or whatever you oh, want to call it. everybody loves their 11s. Oh, yes. <laughs> the ones that make you look angry when you're not. Yeah. Um, and crow's feet. Those are all from movement. And those we typically tackle with Botox or Dysport or Xeomin or one of the other brands. Now there's Juvo and there are two more coming. But Botox, definitely the household name. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, an interesting trend is that a lot of younger millennials in their 20s are starting Botox before they even have lines or when they see the very earliest line. And they're able to do a very, very light treatment. And then they never get the deeper line. Mm. So for us ladies of a certain age we didn't grow up watching our moms do Botox while we were still living at home in high school because it wasn't out yet it wasn't FDA approved for cosmetic use some people might have been doing it in small enclaves of LA and in New York but it certainly wasn't what my mom in Mobile Alabama was doing (laughs) Mm -mm. (laughs) but this generation 10 years younger than us that's not that's not the case they it was normalized for them at a younger age So when their mom started doing Botox, they saw it because they were still living at home, and now they're starting at a younger age for that prevention. Hmm. And social media has something to do with that, too, as far as just the exposure. What do you think about that, though? So I actually am a big fan of that. Um, Personal experience, I had my first Botox when I was 27. I was not seeking it out. I hadn't really thought about getting it, but it was a learning thing. I was in residency, and it was grab a friend. Today we're going to learn how to do Botox. And I did have some deeper lines after med school that bugged me, but I didn't think I was ready for Botox until I had it and realized that actually I was, and that was great. (laughs) Um, And then I've always been able to do a lighter treatment in that area. And the only time Mm -hmm. I've ever really gotten that line back, even if I wasn't up to date on my Botox, didn't do it quarterly, did it more like six months or nine months apart, was during pregnancy. And it took 15 months at an older age about seven years older for the line to come back that I had in my 20s 
and it never got as deep in that entire time. Wow, that is pretty cool, huh? So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of the preventative Botox. I don't mm-hmm. think that every 19-year-old should be seeking out Botox. Don't get me wrong on that. But if you're starting to see the early lines, you can do a really light treatment and never need as deep of a treatment. Versus when you're starting a little bit older, you might need to really freeze the muscle to get rid of a line. Right. So it doesn't take as much, and it gives you a more natural look. I think that's important, what you're saying about light treatments. Because I think one thing that I've noticed just, I've noticed different people. And I've always thought of Botox as one way in my mind, which is like the frozen face. But I'm starting to learn, um, you know, through some that I've seen that you've done. <coughs> people, in Friends that she knows who, <laughs> people who in have had fun perhaps with this procedure. That it doesn't have to look like that. Like that is, that was such a revelation to me because I've always, I guess the ones you notice are the ones that probably somebody went way too far. Mm-hmm. But it seems like less is more. And I've been really impressed with the results that, like, I've seen. And I think there are probably people out there that you just think, that person looks really good and you don't really know exactly why you can't pinpoint it. It was probably a, a light tweaking. or a well-done um, sort of person. Botox is not Botox. It depends on who's, who's given it. That's true. And what I want my patients um, to have as far as their result is for their friends to think they look great but not to think they look done. Exactly. So I want you to look refreshed and like maybe you got a new haircut to your friends mm-hmm. and not be able to pinpoint, oh, you had Botox. Yes. That mm-hmm. that to me was a, a key distinction and it seems like you got, you definitely nailed that. I mean, oh, not on that. anybody in specifically, <laughs> but just. It's me. We're going to talk about that later, too. Um, I won't monopolize you're, Dr. You're Cherry's time with that one. You're not the only one in the room that I've injected with Botox. Oh, that's man. True. I myself with that. that, that yeah, true. I was like, people in this room, they look good. I want to get all the science out of her as we can <clears throat> so then she could peace out. And then I will be happy to indulge on all my fun experiences. But it's been great. Um, so preventative Botox, decreasing wrinkles over time. And then... Other cosmetic things. Oh, there's just so much. So let's talk about fillers because that's your passion. Yes. So when you're talking about the lines that are more made from loss of volume um, and from changes in the bone structure, so we lose a little bit of fat, we lose a little bit of bone, everything starts to drop. So you can refill in the cheekbones, and that helps support actually your crow's feet too, so you can treat that not just with Botox, but it helps to lift up the nasolabial folds, and you can replace the volume all around the mouth and in the little smile lines and in the lips which is another one where if it's done poorly or overdone it scares people Mm -hmm. a lot of people come in and they'll talk about their lips but they're terrified of doing their lips because they've seen really big lips the ones that enter the room before the person does (laughs) right it's a nice way to put it I think so just (laughs) replacing what you've lost and if you want to do a little bit of augmentation keeping it subtle is okay but mostly it's about replacing what you've lost to maintain your volume so that you don't have a dramatic before and after picture you just keep your before ongoingly Mm -hmm. awesome that's smart yeah lip filler i think is one of the scariest things Mm -hmm. that you see because social media is so big. You see the Jenner. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm calling it out. You just see it <laughs> and you're like, oh, no. Never. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. When people bring me in Serena. the picture of one of those, that that's what they want. Some people's faces, they, oh. they can tolerate. If you mm-hmm. have larger eyes and you have larger features in general or a wider set jaw, you're going to be able to do a lip that will still look natural that is a larger pout. 
But if you come in with a very, very delicate featured face, you have a narrow jaw, you have a tiny nose, your eyes are smaller, you're not going to look good with big lips. And so, and if you have a very thin lip to start with, if you try to overfill that lip, it's going to look like a rolled sausage. You're just totally going to lose the architecture of the upper lip. Mm -hmm. So it's knowing that balance and whether or not you can actually get lip filler that's going to look natural. That's really important. But there are some now uh, really light fillers that just gloss the lips. They'll give a little bit of volume, but mostly it's just smoothing. Hmm. You can sharpen up the borders where you would put lip liner if you're starting oh, to have yeah. a little bit of a lipstick bleed. The lines that run. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. The ones yep. that are called smoker's lines, but everybody gets it whether they smoke or not. Mm-hmm. So I call them pucker lines. Okay. Nice. So those drive us crazy. But um, those can be filled with very, very light fillers. So you can do lips without overdoing lips. Wow. That was really cool. So and this filler- really brings your artistry into it. Yes. I mean, like, because to- I think you... For me personally, I trust a professional who is well-studied and clearly smart as a whip and has an eye for these things. So, like, for me, what my doctor, who is Dr. Terry, says is what I would listen to. Like, you know how much I need. I trust that. Like, you know when you're kind of crossing the seesaw, when it's too much or too little. and mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen to your doctors, people. And hopefully, yes. I mean, if you're going to a board-certified dermatologist cosmetic dermatologist I don't know who else does this but you want to make sure that they're well trained well qualified and have lots of experience in the books I completely agree with that Um, whoever you're going to just make sure that you're comfortable with your relationship and that you know that they're going to tell you when you don't need something because that's equally important of knowing what you do need is when you've had too much or you don't need anymore yeah for sure and I guess the only other topic that's burning on my thought process and Laura, you may have more stuff on your head, are like, what are lasers? Who needs lasers? Ah, Are there a gazillion different types of lasers? This is intimidating. So there are a gazillion different types of lasers. That is very accurate. Not much clarity there. No, (laughs) you can. So we've talked about, you know, lines of movement with Botox, and we've talked about volume loss replacement and those lines. But the actual texture of the skin and some of the pigment in the skin is what's really treated by lasers. So you can break it up into two zones. You can do resurfacing lasers and you can do pigment lasers. So the reds on the face can be treated by different types of lasers and also light, like broadband light is one of those. And that treats both reds and browns. But if you have little dilated blood vessels, like the ones around the nose that are really stubborn, or the little angiomas, the little red cherry spots that particularly love to pop up during pregnancy, but also Mm -hmm. can just pop up in general. Um, A vascular laser that's really targeted just for that. The one that I particularly use is called the V-beam, but it's got a wavelength that really just targets red blood cells. And so it's great for any type of vessel and any type of blood vessel dilation or like hemangiomas. So that's one category. And so if you've just generally got a lot of sun damage and reds and browns from a lot of time in the sun in the summer, then doing one of the pigment lasers is best. If you want to change more of the surface of your skin, where you have some of those same type of lines, like the little pucker lines or acne scarring or just deeper lines that maybe haven't relaxed with something lighter like Botox, then that's when you really want to get into resurfacing. And you can look at that as a small, medium, and large. There's ablative, there's non-ablative. So the old-fashioned way of doing this was either a deep chemical peel 
or a laser that took all the skin off the face. So those would take weeks and weeks to heal from. These are ones that you need a general anesthesia from. And they are still done, but very rarely because the fractionated procedure has come into it. So somewhere along the way, the doctors discovered that doing tiny microzones of that damage, rather than taking all of the skin off, just doing teeny tiny little holes, basically aerating the skin, could produce a very similar response because it stimulated new collagen around it and helped smooth everything out. And at the same time, a lot of extra pigment would come to the surface. So carbon dioxide was one of the first generations. Now erbium is widely used. Mm. Um, I've used both carbon dioxide and erbium. I like erbium better because it tends to leave your pigment more natural. takes out some of the extra brown, but not as much of the background of your natural pigment. And that's the big gun. That is what I consider more of a one and done, um, where you have about a week of downtime. But it's still an awake (laughs) procedure with just a local anesthesia, just a topical. And then there's a step down from that where rather than doing a little hole in the skin, it's called non-ablative where it puts down heat. And there are several brands on the market. Fraxel is one, although they have both the non-ablative and an ablative. Um, Halo is the one that I personally use. I love that one. There are several out there, though. And they have much less downtime, but you need more of them. Mm -hmm. So you can still get the same type of results in helping with the fine lines and helping with pigment. And it gives a, a nice glow and smooths out the skin. But it's more of a few days of swelling with some fine peeling for three to five days. So more of them, but less downtime. So mm-hmm. trade off there. Um, and then microneedling has come about. And I was a big skeptic of microneedling because I was such a big laser fan. And I just wasn't sure it was going to do anything to the skin truly. So microneedling, while it sounds very painful, is actually just a very, very fine teeny tiny needles that in most places on the face is not even very painful when you've had a topical numbing around the lips it it is more painful there because you've just got a lot of nerve endings but it's little teeny tiny zones that are even smaller than the holes that the laser put in and when you do that you turn over your skin cells and you can help brighten the skin but there's no heat and so it's safer to do it in the summer it's not that you want to be in direct sunlight when you've been doing it but you don't have to be out of the sun for nearly as long with that And it's more of a starter procedure. It's only got 12 hours of true downtime where you can't wear makeup. And then the next day you can wear makeup over it and go right about your business. And you can have a little bit of swelling, but it's not a big swelling procedure. So most of the time, if you're wearing a thicker makeup or a sunscreen that has a tint to it, you can get back to life the next day without anybody knowing you did anything. So much faster healing. So I like to pair that with PRP, which is platelet-rich plasma. Have y'all heard of that? I've seen pictures maybe and people look like like they've had leeches on their face. Like it's all red. So yes, it's all red because it's tiny zones of bleeding. Um, And that's just from the microneedling itself. Yes, it is. But I could see the creeps, but I bet I'd love what it looked like <laughs> after. Yes. <laughs> I think you, you probably would because it is your skin's in great shape, but it's just kind of a oh, little you can always improve to it. brighten it up. Yeah. Um and I try to do one of those on myself once a year just to maintain the collagen. And I can definitely tell with those little fine lines around the lips where it's affecting it. But PRP is platelet-rich plasma, and that's being used in all kinds of medicine. Yeah, I've heard of it, I think, in, like, joint. Yes, it's being used for joints. Um, It got my attention when my mother had torn her Achilles tendon, and her Mm -hmm. orthopedic surgeon injected her PRP, and it healed, and she didn't need surgery for it. 
but you can use it, not inject it, actually under the eyes, very similarly to how mm. you had your filler. Oh, yeah. Um, you can use PRP and get some additional benefits, like you can get some more of tightening of the skin. But when you use it with these other types of cosmetic procedures, you can stimulate more collagen and you heal a little bit faster. We're also using it for hair loss. So we inject into the scalp and the pattern of hair loss. Mm. Hair ain't getting any thicker. Um, (laughs) Yep. That really, it helps to recover. So is that women and men? For women and men. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's 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 a really neat one. Mm -hmm. So just, I'm sure you probably had more to say along with that, but that's so neat. So you're saying the microneedling sort of does the kind of takes away sort of the bad and then the PRP helps it helps you to regenerate the good right so you can do microneedling without any extra addition but if you put the PRP on there with it you can actually needle it down into the skin and then put it on the open channel immediately after so you're stimulating collagen but PRP is your own blood product that is just isolated plasma with the platelet rich component Wow. so if you think about where you would have a cut and mm-hmm. that's where all the platelets come in to provide healing. Mm-hmm. It's taking all of that part, your own growth factors, to provide healing. So oh, wow. it makes everything think younger. Oh, wow. Cool. So like a more concentrated version of healing factors. Exactly. So if some, so we know you have to go soon. So my last question would be, if someone were to come in and just say, I don't really know exactly what I want to do but I know that x y or z is bothering me or I have you know dark circles I don't like this wrinkle right here what is kind of your normal um breakdown you know your workflow with someone who just says I just want to look and feel better or I just want to look different look better in a picture or have brighter skin or if they don't really know exactly what they want but they know that they might want something so when you come in for a cosmetic consultation we could end up talking about pretty much all of the things we've just talked about, but we try to focus in on what do you really want to achieve? Um, how long do you have to achieve it? Okay. How much is realistic? I mean, what is the budget? Mm-hmm. Because there are a million things we could do, but let's focus in on what's realistic too. Mm-hmm. So my approach is to kind of talk through it. A lot of times people will seek it out if it's, say, a mother of the bride and they've never mm-hmm. done anything before. Mm-hmm. And they just want to start with a little Botox. And so we focus in, okay, it's the lines between the eyes that are bothering you. Mm-hmm. You feel like people think you look mad when you're not. Mm-hmm. Then let's go to Botox and talk about what the budget would actually be for doing that area, which is usually in the $300 range when you're just talking about that particular area. Okay. Or is it really just that you need a good skincare regimen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's a conversation. Okay. So we can go anywhere from creams to all the way to surgery pretty much but depending on, <laughs> <laughs> depending but awesome. on where you are and what you're looking for but if you're ever intimidated or you just know that there's something you want but you don't, can't put your finger on it don't think you have to go in there and know exactly what you're looking for or what you want because there's a workflow and there's a way that Dr. Meg can get it out of you and you can figure out together exactly what it is you want that you maybe didn't know you wanted. That's right. Yeah. Because a lot of this stuff is new to me, but I can see I can see me being just saying this bothers me. Let's let's talk it through what all mm-hmm. the different options are. There are so many tools in the toolbox. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's a part of figuring out which one you really need and which one you really want and making sure those things match up. 
Awesome. This has been so fun. My like face and eyes have like lightened She's up. She's like permagrins. <laughs> oh my gosh. Time. I just think this stuff is the best. <laughs> um, is, Dr. Meg Cherry with Renew Dermatology. Just thank you so much for coming. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. You've heard this all beyond our lips. Till next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to Beyond Our Lips. We hope you have been entertained, educated, and inspired.